Welcome to Conversations Different, the podcast from the Santa Fe New Mexican. I'm your host, Inez Russell Gomez, and we're here to talk more about the legislature and all the money in the state. When the legislature is in session, one of the things people talk about is which taxes should stay, which taxes should go. And every year, whether they do anything or not, there's always a discussion about New Mexico's film incentives, which have been incredibly successful attracting dozens of productions to the state and putting New Mexico on the map. Now, whether they actually reduce incentives this year or grow them, we don't know. But to talk about what the movie industry and the television industry mean for New Mexico, we are here with Jennifer Labar Tapia, who's Regional Film Commissioner for Santa Fe, and Ashley A. Valdez, a locations manager who has worked on numerous productions across northern New Mexico. Jennifer, let's start with you. Thank you, first of all, for being here. Thank you for having me. Why do we need film incentives? Film incentives are, you know, for, for the listeners that aren't familiar with what a film incentive is, it basically means when a production is here, they will get a rebate back from the state of New Mexico for anywhere from 25% to 40%, depending on where they're filming and what criteria they meet with the state of New Mexico. And why we need to have film incentives is because now it has turned into a global expectation of the film industry, meaning that you know, New Mexico, we can thank some of our predecessors for creating this madness, so to speak, because it was New Mexico that really put incentives on the map as a model of bringing productions away from Hollywood and bringing them away from New York and creating um, another desired location, and that would be by incentivizing a production of coming to our state. Now that New Mexico has been so successful in our film incentive program, which was started in the early 2000s, other states then took notice of what New Mexico was doing. They jumped on the incentive bandwagon. Some were successful, some were not successful. Uh, reason why some were not successful is because they copied our incentive program when maybe their tax structure is a little different than ours. And so it just didn't work for them. Right. Uh, so they actually had to stop with the incentives. But when ours was created, it was designed in a way that it was to work with our tax structure. It was designed for New Mexicans. It was designed for New Mexico business. It was designed for New Mexico jobs and for all that to stay here. And then when it went from state to state to state, then it actually caught on globally. So the UK is big in it. Australia is really big. Of course, Canada is really big. But New Mexico was one of the founding states, so to speak, of a film incentive type program. And when they talk about you know, tens of millions of dollars going to Hollywood or to movie makers or TV makers, that's tens of million dollars that, that wouldn't be here at all. So if, let's say, you give 20% of a dollar, you give 20 cents back to the person who made the movie, you're keeping 80, 80 cents. Exactly. And th that 80 cents wouldn't be there without that incentive. Exactly. Exactly. So you could look at it that you're making 80 cents as opposed to losing 20 cents. Exactly. And and that was the way the program was designed early on, and that's what we want to stay with is that the program pays for itself. That's That was always the goal, that the money comes in and they are filming their production here and they're using all of our crew, they're using our businesses. That's what's incentivized. They're not allowed to just bring in all their whole production team and then 
and be incentivized and leave. I mean, they certainly can bring in outside crew or businesses. But they get more money back if they, they hire locally. It, they do. And they won't get any money back, really, from bringing outside crew and businesses in. There are some exceptions, but on the most part, it's designed for that money to be here for New Mexicans and for that money to stay here. So the money and all that doesn't leave when the production leaves. I so think- it's not that it's so much for Hollywood. It's just for those creatives and those decision makers to look at our state as a desired filming location and then come in and then some have actually now have set up shop here so it's not that a production is coming in from hollywood or new york they're actually here yeah. now and yeah, we have netflix studios we have netflix we have nbc universal yep. and then we have 828 down in las cruces and so we have those business partners that have committed to at least 10 years of being in new mexico And when the money stays, it stays in the pockets of people like Ashley. Because your career now is basically in movies. So you're a locations manager, but you started at the bottom and worked your way up. So tell us how that happened and and how you, a Santa Fe girl, uh, are you born and raised in Santa Fe? Yeah, I'm born and raised in Santa Fe. How did you get to be a movie girl? Um, well, a, a movie woman. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I went to school for music and then I came back to New Mexico and I fell into the film industry being a personal assistant, and then I came up as a locations PA with the FCAP program, with the incentives, and I just worked my way up to be a manager. And I've been blessed to be doing this for so many years because it's my livelihood and my husband's and my stepdaughter's. We all work in the film industry, so we would be all affected by it. So if there's no movie industry, then what would you go get another job? Maybe, or I'd leave the state. Yeah, you I might be able to move. I would probably leave the state and go back. I would go to LA where my husband's from. Okay. Um, we'd probably go back because I love doing film. And honestly, I'm so old now that I've already done this for so long that it's in my blood. That's what I do now. Yeah. So. What does it mean to be a locations manager? What is that? What, what do you do? So what we do is we will, we're one of the first five people to start with the director, the d- director of photography, the producer, and also the production designer. So we'll read the script, we'll go around and we'll find locations that the production designer thinks will work for it. And then we talk to the owners and we arrange to do the filming here and talk to Jen about it. I mean, I go through vendors for things. I have to get the house cleaned. So I have local people cleaning my house, all the houses, I mean. You know, I have to put up the people when, they're, when we're filming in their house, I have to put them up in a hotel room. So that's like, you know, probably at the El Dorado or wherever they want. Oh, nice. It's up to them. Usually I leave it up to them or wherever we have Can I show you with. pictures of my house? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, listed on NM Film. Yeah. Listed on NM Film. If that's what we do. So. Yeah. But, I mean, the money goes everywhere. You know, we go, I know we're specifically in Santa Fe, but I film in Las Vegas, New Mexico a lot. And when we're there, I mean, the crew's eating out every night. They're getting coffee. I keep coffee shops open. We start a tab. The hotel rooms, we do the hotel rooms and everything. And they go into local shops and they shop. Right. Our producers love the antique shops there. Oh, I love that. So. Uh, Las Vegas, as, as everyone who's listened to this podcast knows, is my hometown. <laughs> and I'm always happy when things are good there because it has had some rough years in the past. And, it has. Um, on that note, we will take a break. We'll be right back with Conversations Different. Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. 
For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to The Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit reachhirenm.com. We are back with conversations different talking about the film industry in New Mexico. Ashley, uh, what kinds of TV series and movies have you worked on? I was a location manager for Roswell for season two, three, and four. I did Walker Independence. What else? I did a little show called Dreamland a few years ago with Margot Robbie. I did Dead for a Dollar. Uh, nice. That's the one where she said she didn't like New Mexico on TV. I remember. Who, Margo? Yes. She was well, there. Well, no, that was for the Tina Fey movie that they did. What was that one? Uh, oh, the right, the one in Afghanistan. Yeah, I can't, that yes. was for that movie, but then the she came Doc back. 30. And actually, when we went to go scout for stuff, and, you know, I'd name drop because they'd asked who it was, they'd say, oh, yeah, she said we all had bad teeth. And I was like, i so sorry. I totally missed that. And it was a good experience, so it wasn't like that. Oh, good, so. good. And you have perfect teeth, which oh. people could see if if we were, you know, on a visual. Well, thank so, you. So she, and maybe I, she thinks better of us now. And I have to give a shout-out to Ashley because for Dreamland, that was recognized as one of the best locations by the Locations Guild Managers International. It right? was, yeah. And That's so, awesome. uh, which is a international locations guild and so it was one of five uh, that was nominated for best locations of a time period because it was a time yeah i was in the 1930s oh Um, nice what was really cool is we got to go to magdalena okay doesn't have a lot of film because it's very far and um i didn't have a lot of money because it wasn't a big budget show um one gentleman i offered him you know 300 bucks or 400 bucks and he's like that's not enough money for what you're gonna do and got really angry with me and i was like you know why don't we donate it? Do you have something you want to donate it to? If it's not enough money for you, it is for someone else. And he clicked. He was like, let's, let's donate it to the high school robotics club. Yeah, I would love to do that. You know, and there was another pecan orchard in Berlin. You know, it's huge. I don't know if you've ever seen that pecan orchard. It's huge. You know, they make a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money. And it wasn't a lot of money for them. So I said, do you have something we could donate it to? Well, his wife ran an orphanage. And it's always been my mom's dream to help with an orphanage. So every year, Barker Realty, they, they told them that the kids can only get a stocking full of toys. So every year they custom make a huge stocking and nice. they give the toys. <laughs> I love um, it. I teared up because it's like such a cute story, you know? Yeah. That's what I love about my job. 
So it sounds like you, you've learned to be a problem solver and find out how to use the rules and to work around them to get what you need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's an incredible skill. A lot of people do not have it nowadays. So going back to what you do, Jen, in terms of making it easier for productions to work in Santa Fe, why do we even want them? You know, in addition to the fact they spend money, blah, blah, blah. But what's, what's the plus side for us? The, the other plus side of it is that a lot of times when productions are, they're living here for anywhere from two months to eight months, maybe mm-hmm. even a little bit longer. They're bringing their families here. They're bringing friends to come visit on the weekends. So you've got that whole other side of it, like a that the whole tourism side of it, right. uh, which is instrumental for the city and the county and bringing in that lodger's tax and, and just showing off our beautiful city when maybe they wouldn't have normally come to Santa Fe. And that's one of the things I hear Time and time again, from somebody who's never been to Santa Fe and we're on a production scout, what will happen is they'll, they'll call me and say, we're interested in Santa Fe, maybe we're on the short list, and they want to see, they'll fly in for a couple of days, and I'll show them all around and show them how it could work. And then once they say, okay, yes, we're going to be in Santa Fe is when they would get turned over to someone like Ashley um, or a locations team to really dive in and, and find those locations. But when they leave on those production scouts, when they come in for the first time, they just look at me and they say, holy bleep, I had no idea this is what Santa Fe looked like. This I had no idea. They, I hear that. I said, that should be my tagline under the film office. <laughs> Santa Fe, I had no idea. They don't realize we're at 7,200 feet. They don't realize it snows here. They don't realize we have a ski basin. They don't realize all our amazing cuisine that we have here, the architecture. They think we're like a Phoenix or a Scottsdale or Sedona. Mm-hmm. And so... That's part of the pride in this office is is not only are we promoting film here, but we're also promoting the tourism and we're showcasing our beautiful city. Oh. So this office is really responsible for showing these locations, showing off Santa Fe and the surrounding areas. I always look at Santa Fe as the gateway to the north. So they may be doing a lot of filming up in the Española area or out in Vegas, but typically they will be based in Santa Fe. And Oppen, speaking of gateway to the north, I mean, Oppenheimer obviously filmed here. It's probably going to be the Best Picture Oscar winner this year. And it had a lot of folks staying in Santa Fe, and some of it was shot in Santa Fe. So that probably was a lot of fun, because from what I've read, Christopher Nolan is is a, a joy to work with as a director. <laughs> Very particular. <laughs> yes, Christopher Nolan um, definitely has his way of, of, of working on set. But we love him for that because he produces great movies. Yes. So we can't fault him for any of that. But yes, when they were filming Oppenheimer, they started up more in the Ghost Ranch area. Right. And then they worked their way down. And then they went to Los Alamos. And then they were in Santa Fe, which they used our Paton building for the hearings. So if you've seen the movie and you right. know about all the hearings, that was all done in our Paton building. The train scenes were our Lamy train, the, the, the sky rail, uh, but it was on the spur track. Oh, uh, nice. From nice. between Lamy and actually El Dorado was yeah. the stretch that they were using for all their cuts. Uh, wow. So it benefits, you know, the sky rail got, of course, paid for that. And then having them stay here when they had to shut down the streets all around the Paton building, that's all metered parking for the city and that's not free so they still have to pay for that metered parking so that's revenue that comes into the city so this whole circus so to speak it touches so many different municipalities it touches so many different businesses so many different crew members with their because somebody has to feed them while they're on set yes so So. you've got your caterers we have caterers and we have crafty 
I do both, but I mean, Crafty's constantly shopping. Yeah. So they're at all the grocery stores getting snacks all the time. Right. We're always hungry. That makes, well, they were filming something downstairs in the empty old bank office here. I think it was that Branch Davidian thing. They, oh, it was Waco. Waco. I started on that, yeah. And we they had the a ring. Right. The ring. And they had a craft thing, and I yeah. thought it was a coffee thing. I was going to go buy coffee, and then I realized, oh, that's really not for me. <laughs> but I think if I had just said, give me coffee, they might have. And I was like, man, if they had a coffee kiosk right there, it would get a lot of business. Because I was not the only person who stopped who was not associated. That was funny. Yeah, it was hilarious because I was like, wait, I want coffee. And and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. And why would you if you weren't in the industry? But how this touches everybody, like right. the grocery stores yeah. and Transpo and those whole Transpo teams. They're going to our local gas stations and the florists are being used. Dry cleaners are being used. Our antique shops are huge because right. uh, with all of the Western sets being in Santa Fe, we have seven Western sets in Santa Fe. So when you're doing those period pieces, mm-hmm. even the with dark winds, Dark Winds is set Navajo Nation 1970, early 70s. And so you got to go find those old green, avocado green appliances That's and all those kinds of things. And they're finding all of that in our local stores. Oh, that makes sense. And with that, we will take a quick break and be back soon with Conversations Different. My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with Solace Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, Solace has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias. We are back again with Conversations Different, talking about the impact of the film industry. I know for me, it's something I've never forgotten because they filmed Easy Rider when I was a little girl and we got out of school and got to watch it. And uh, I was told that Jack Nicholson patted me on the head. I do not know if that is a true story, but someone (laughs) did pat me on the head. Anyway, Jen, thinking about Santa Fe, uh, your job is to make it easy for people to do their jobs here if they're going to be making a TV show or a film or a documentary or anything that is then going to be broadcast to the world. And last year, Santa Fe was named the best small city to make a movie in. And is that something we're going to keep doing? Are we going to be great? Yes. So (laughs) as it was number one, best place to live and work as a filmmaker. 
and we were number one last year. We've been in the top five ever since the existence of the film office, which was in 2016. Okay. We've worked our way up. We fluctuated a little bit. We got number one last year, and I'm happy to say for 2024, Movie Maker Magazine named Santa Fe number one again Yay! for best places to live and work as a filmmaker. And having that accolade, it's, it's you know, we're in, we're in tough company because it's for all of North America. It's not just the United States. It's wow, also so Canada. Canada. Uh, and it's also Mexico, but it's for all of North America. And so to be in that number one spot is huge for Santa Fe. So super supportive, having all the support from all of our businesses and our, having the amazing crew that we have, it, that's what molds us to deserve that number one spot. And it wouldn't happen without a lot of workers. And and one of the things that seems to me different about what New Mexico did is that not only did it give money away, it built a base of workers, it built a base of studios and places to do the job. And this is not going to happen necessarily, but if something happens in Los Angeles because of the climate or because of an earthquake, you know, this is a ready-made place for people to come make movies. Yeah, and we were smart as a state when this was all being developed in the early 2000s that they knew that we needed to build up a whole crew base along with building up promoting our state and for the incentives and getting the word out there because you know they they call it the production's called a three-legged stool that you need to you know have the resources you need to have the incentives and you need to have the crew and those are the three things that they look at when they are trying to decide where they're taking their next project and if you are missing one of those it's got to be maybe just because it just has to be that location. It could be maybe in a state that doesn't have incentives, but that director really wants to have it uh, in this state that doesn't have an incentive program. And, and, and that would really be the simple reason why they wouldn't go to a, a, an area that doesn't have an incentive Makes program. Makes sense. I mean, if we don't have incentives, then we just won't even be in the game. They're, right, they're, and we found that out when Governor Martinez was in yes, charge. Yes, we did. I mean, that was a huge blow to our industry, and I think we we were on this trajectory of record-breaking years every year up to that point and doing amazing and an amazing reputation in the film community. And there's really a small amount of decision-makers that decide where productions are going to be made. So it's a very word of mouth industry. And once they hear that there's some instability with your incentive program, it causes pause uh, for those that are making the decision. So that's why it's so important to to continue to have a very strong, robust film industry here and keep signaling out to everybody that we're here, we're in business, we're strong. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So Ashley, as someone who has successfully made a career in a really cool industry in her home state, in her hometown. I hope successfully. (laughs) Well, you're working. She's one of the best. What do you tell young people? What's your advice? If they want to get into the film Mm -hmm. industry, as long as you're a hard worker and you can work 12-hour days and you really want to do this, you can get as far as you want in this industry. But you have to put in the work. You have to. It's not an easy job 12 hours a day minimum is tough for some people but if you want to you can work your way up and become the department head are you having fun (laughs) it's fun it's i have some white hairs i'm a little i get a little stressed but yeah it's fun i enjoy it i mean i couldn't do a regular nine to five job i don't know maybe one day but not yet and if there wasn't a film industry in new mexico what would you do i'd probably go to california i'd probably go to california or 
if Colorado or maybe Arizona, because Arizona opened up their incentives, yeah. I'd probably move out of the state. Yeah. So. I can see you I in Atlanta. I would hate it because I just <laughs> finished building my house here, so I would not want to do that. My whole family's here. Right. So I hope it would never go away. And to touch on what Ashley was saying about incentives, now that our neighboring states are really getting into the incentive program, so Arizona just, they have- Texas too. Texas is building up theirs. Oklahoma's always been pretty competitive Mm, with us. mm -hmm. Arizona now um, has a very aggressive film program. uh, And so we just need to make sure that we're keeping up with the demands and that we keep up with promoting the state as a desired film location. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to give away more, because at some point that seems counterproductive almost, but it means that we have to let people know what we have and you can't waffle, that it's not gonna be there in a year or two. Exactly, and and it's something that, you know, when we talked about the three-legged stool, we have that. So some of these other states that even though they're getting into the incentive game or they have a very aggressive incentive program, they might be missing one or two legs of that stool. So they have some building to do to really catch up, but it's still something we need to be watching in our rear view mirror because they're coming in and they're, they're gonna come in fast. And a lot and, of it is crew. Yeah. Yep. A lot of it is because those other states don't have the crew base. Mm-hmm. And I know that we have one of the strongest crew base is in between California and New York. Right. And, and, and Atlanta. Atlanta has a strong crew base too. But in between that, we have one of the strongest ones. Um, right. Because you can go to the community college. Dona Ana County has yeah. places. Albuquerque starting that new film school kind of production and, training program. Well, and, the FCAP really helps a lot because you get that extra, uh, is it 5%? Mm-hmm. You get that extra 5%. So when you're on a low-budget film like a Tier 1, which is under $10 million, that 5% helps every little bit for that show. So absolutely, they'll FCAP you. And that's how I got bumped up to managers because they're like, well, you've been an assistant. Do you want to become a manager? So they bumped me up and they saved, you know, a little bit extra money every time you right. know, they hired me for something like that. I mean, it runs out, but it, it's a help. Okay. And the Santa Fe Film Office works really closely with the community college, IAIA, and we work with Stagecoach Foundation, which is George R. R. Martin's foundation, who was very, they're instrumental in training mainly Santa Fe residents. So there are a lot of programs out there that most of them are for free. And so it's to look at your social media, follow the film office, follow Stagecoach, follow the community college, because we're always posting when these programs are out there, if you want to get into the industry. And, you know, the industry has all the trades also, you know, if you are an electrician, if you are a carpenter, if you are a painter, all of that falls into this industry. So it's it's not even just for those that are trying to figure out what to do after they graduate high school. It's those that maybe they get out of the military and they're looking for something to do. It could be a midlife change and you just want to do something. It could be a retirement job. It, there's so many different jobs on set because there's also office jobs on set. Right. So if you're not one that does well in the elements, like when it's really cold out or really hot out and you want to be in a nice 72 degree office all day long, you could do accounting. You could do a set set deck coordinator or an art coordinator or Mm -hmm. a set deck buyer or a props person like in the office. Like there's so much stuff you can do. So there's almost any job Mm -hmm. in the movie industry. It's just very fast. Yeah. We're we're a little town. Anywhere we go, we can set up shops. We're like a circus. Okay. I call us a traveling circus because I plan events every single day. Oh. I, catering spaces, crew parking, base camp, and then, you know, all the, it's, it's a party every day. 
And we're like a traveling circus. But and then you pick up your stakes and go on to the next place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're a business. We're, you know what I mean? We're a straight business. Like, we start accounts with Southwest Safety and stuff, which is like the barricading company for the roads. Okay. You know, police officers. We hire police officers for that, any of them that want to get OT because we always need officers. And whenever there's uh, OT for a film production, that comes from the film production. That's not coming out of the local no, municipalities' no, right, right. budget. They're paying for our yeah. officers to right. be there, and it's voluntarily that they can raise their hand and say, "Yes, I'll I'll work security on this." During COVID, I kept telling my kid because he was always looking for weird jobs. There was a job where you go do COVID tests. Oh yeah, the traveling oh, COVID yeah. tester, oh, yeah. and they paid a ton. It was like thirty or forty bucks an hour oh, they made just so to go money. take tests. And I was like, "Go do that." And he's like, "I don't want to get COVID." And I was like, "No, you don't get COVID. You test." for it i just thought that was like the coolest job and yeah you, you it know, went away though yeah i and know it's gone but but that was that really opened up a whole new department on yep. film production was the whole yeah. health and safety and the and the covid and to bring that back too just to show how important it is to have support from your administration from our governor's office is that governor Luhan grisham deemed film as an essential business so we weren't shut down as long as a lot of other businesses were she saw the importance and the money that new mexico benefits from having this product this industry here and we were really shut down for maybe three months out of four months i was uh, doing the pilot of cleaning lady in 2020 and it was in march i remember march mm -hmm. we shut down. and we shut down and then I started back up on them in, I think, July. Mm -hmm. Wow. June or July, yeah. So that just shows the importance of having that support from the top. But also that created a lot of jobs for people, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, a ton of healthcare workers, you know, came into, and a lot of them stayed. A lot of them are doing, like, uh, PA work now because they like it, you know, and so it did open a lot of doors for people, I mm -hmm. think. Oh, wow. So people got into the industry because of the pandemic they, and yeah. some of them stayed. That's, yeah, some that's, of them stayed. It was cool. That's mm -hmm. fascinating. And it's all possible because there is a film industry here. Yes. And having a film office, there's what we call the big three. There's the state film office, of course, who is responsible for promoting the whole state. They're, they're instrumental in working with our legislators for the incentives and making sure that our incentives are staying strong. And then you've got your regional film offices. There's a Santa Fe film office, Albuquerque, and there's Las Cruces. And then the smaller communities throughout the state have a film liaison um, that usually is doing something else. Maybe they're with tourism or they're with their chamber, but there's always a point of contact no matter where you go. But by having these film offices and having these contacts, that's what helps the productions and especially location managers like Ashley, you've got your your point of contact to work with, and then you two are hashing out the details of what we need to do. With Jen is the biggest help. Jen is such a good, a nice. good representative for the community. Like she will answer her phone. Oh, hey, I'm in South Dakota right now. What are you doing, Jen? I got, I got this. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll call someone right now. You know, and Albuquerque is very good like that, and so is Vegas. I've had really good experience with all of them, but Jen will always answer her phone. <laughs> and she did the mistake. Like anybody who gives me their cell phone. When it comes to filming, made a mistake. Because you will call I them. always call them and, hey. Yeah, yeah. No. nope. It's the best so, way to get me. No, text, text me or call She's me. the best, and she's done so good for the city and the county. Thank um, you. It's just, because I, I was doing this before Jen was here, and it was tough. Wow. And Jen has really turned around. Her and Eric. Eric, too, before he left. Yeah. So. And on that note, we are ending another Conversations Different, and we will be back next week with another episode. Mm -hmm.